0: this is money guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk.
1: Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk and today our topic is, should you retire at the same time as your spouse? That's kind of a loaded topic.
2: (laughs) And it's a very heated question. It really
1: is. You have to be a little careful how you answer that and who's around when you're answering (laughs) that, I think. (laughs) With me today, I have financial planner Julie Chadwick, and Julie and I work with people who are approaching retirement all of the time. And this question is something that gets posed very frequently.
2: Right, and that's usually one of the first questions is, when do you plan to retire in our planning stages? Yep. And there's usually very different opinions (laughs) that surface.
1: (laughs) That's true. That is true. Sometimes we see that both spouses are totally on board with somebody retiring, and sometimes we see that only one spouse is on board with it, and the other one is nervous or scared or opposed to it. Right. So when you're thinking about retiring, and if you are married, then the big question really is, should you retire at the same time? So there is financial answers to this question, but there's also emotional answers to this question. They're not always the same. Right. <laughs> we usually find that like when we say the question, should you retire at the same time as your spouse? Almost everybody that I have asked that question to emphatically says no. <laughs>
2: Definitely not. It's too Which much of I a transition. Funny,
1: Yeah, there appears to be a lot of pressure if you're both going to retire at the same time. So, the reason I think that that holds true is and that people have that emotional response to it is because you're not used to spending that much time with your spouse that, you know, ostensibly you love. Yeah. But still, you're not used to spending that much time with them.
2: So, you want to keep the love going. There you go. (laughs) I think early in retirement or way before retiring when you're in your working years. I think ideally you think, hey, it's going to be great. We can retire together. Then we can spend time with family and travel and do all these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And as you get closer to your retirement, that reality is coming closer and closer. And then you think, I'm going to have to spend all my days with this person now.
1: Right. So I, we have one couple that we work with. And the wife has very, very clearly told the husband, honey, I love you. And I married you for dinner, but not for breakfast or lunch. <laughs> And I think that's hilarious. But I think that that opinion is held by many spouses, to be honest with With everybody listening. I think there's some truth to that statement.
2: (laughs) When your job's in play, you have your routines. And even outside of your routines, you have, or even outside of your job, you Mm -hmm. have your routines. And, you know, the the thought of that being disrupted really bothers people. (laughs) Right.
1: We were visiting with a um, couple and we were talking about what day to day life in retirement would look like for them beyond the actual retirement date itself and they were going to retire at the same time and kind of enter this new phase together and the husband made a comment that you know well we'll probably get up and have coffee and you know breakfast and kind of do some things that da, da, da. we'll probably both be home so I expect she'll make lunch for us every day and she just kind of looked at him and thought and said, you think what? <laughs> the brakes came <laughs> on. Yes. yes. So their vision of day-to-day retirement together was very different in terms of division of duties. Right. So you do have to think about it from an emotional standpoint of do you need to renegotiate the terms within your relationship in, ter- in relation to who's going to be doing what now that you both have more time? So that the expectations are clear. And if you're willing to have that conversation, it'll create a very nice bridge to be able to retire together. So it's good to do it ahead of time. Yes. The more you can communicate about it ahead of time, the better. <laughs> All right. So that's the more of the emotional and the, the funny side of it. But let's talk a little bit about the financial side of the question, should you retire at the same time as your spouse? And the biggest question that you really have to answer before you pull that retirement trigger is, can we afford to retire at the same time?
2: Right. That's usually one of the big factors. It's, you know, you've been working all your life. You've got your 401ks, your retirement plans. You've been putting savings into them. Mm -hmm. And if you think about how many years you're going to cut off that you're contributing because you're retiring together, that's a big lump sum that you're cutting out.
1: Exactly. So, It's not just that you're going to lose an income, it's that you're going to lose most of the income that you normally have had coming into your house. And so when you are planning for that and you are trying to understand can you really afford to retire at the same time, you have to start focusing on something that's called your income gap. And your income gap is What's the gap between income coming in and what you want to spend going out and can that gap be filled by the investments that you have built before you retire?
2: Right. So the first thing that we take a look at when we're doing the income gap assessment is we look at what income sources are going to continue like if mm-hmm. they're getting a pension or if social security is going to start, any other solid incomes that are going to be continuing and then figure out what the you know what the amount is from your salaries that are going away.
1: Right. And there's your income gap. (laughs) So how do you know if your accumulated investments are going to be enough to fill your income gap? Well, that comes down to a little bit of planning on how much you think you're going to spend. And there was a study done. Um, In 2018, by Fidelity Investments, it was called Couples and Money, Mm -hmm. which I think would be fascinating to actually read the full study. Right. Because I don't know very many couples who are actually totally on the same page when it comes to money. No. (laughs) But they said that 46% of baby boomers have no idea how much money they need to save for retirement.
2: Right. And that's a big question that we get when we ask people, what do you want to do in retirement? Because Mm -hmm. that kind of gives them... The, you know, the building blocks to figure out what are you going to be doing in retirement to figure out how much it's going to cost.
1: Right. A lot of people will say, well, I have this much money, so how much can I live on? and that's kind of letting the tail wag the dog. Mm -hmm. What you really want to be asking yourself is, what do I want my life to be like during retirement? And then we can figure out how to structure your money to try to afford that. Exactly. (laughs) And that's going to inform you of the decision of, can you retire? And if so, can you both retire at the same time?
2: Right. So are your expenses going to increase as far as, do you want to travel more? Are you going to be a homebody? Are you going to do world traveling or just, you know, maybe, you know, just a holiday weekend you know at a hotel or something yes so that's just figuring out the cost of what it's going to be in retirement
1: so how do you know what you what it's going to cost you to live in retirement there's and we've talked about this before in this show but there's an easy way and there's a hard way to figure some of that out the hard way to do it is by going through and looking at all of your expenses and actually scoping everything out on a budget that nasty B word. <laughs> That's the B word in the financial industry, budget. <laughs> People don't like that. A lot of times no. it's just, it's it's very in-depth,
2: but it's very precise, and it gives us a very good exact idea of mm-hmm. what your costs are going to be.
1: Yes. Yes. Now, I would say that probably 80% of people that we work with, though, really just don't want to do a budget. In fact, that's the one thing that will make people stop in their tracks and not proceed with retirement planning is because they're afraid they're really going to have to, A, go look at their money and figure out how much they're spending, or, B, they're afraid somebody's going to tell them they're going to have to start living on a budget. Right. And I'm here to tell you that neither one of those things has to happen. No. That most people don't actually need to do a full-blown budget. It's a little bit better if you do because it's more precise, but it's not absolutely necessary from a full financial planning standpoint.
2: So there's an easy way to do it too, which is yes. the income gap
1: assessment. Right. And so when, when you think about the income gap assessment, most likely your cash flow now is easy, right? If you're getting close to retirement and you're you're thinking, can I retire Usually, your current cash flow is pretty comfortable. You have enough coming in to cover what's going out. Mm-hmm. Usually, if you're in that spot, you're not dipping into your savings already. If you if you are in that position where you're dipping into your, your savings right now just to live, I'm not sure that retirement is going to be exactly in the cards for you right now. That might be a red flag. <laughs> right? Exactly. Um, But if you have some easier cash flow, then the income gap really just starts with what's your current level of cash flow. And then we figure out what are some of the identifiable changes. Like you don't have to pay FICA tax anymore. You don't have to save for retirement anymore. You might have bills that are going away, like maybe your mortgage is going to be paid off. Now you got to add some things back in, like your health insurance. That's
2: usually the big cost.
1: That is a biggie. And, and let's hope we add back in some travel. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You want to plan
2: for the fun things to do in retirement.
1: Right. But that income gap analysis type of look really takes a very small amount of time and it gets you a rough number that you can use for your planning. And so you don't need to procrastinate or worry about that big bad budget because there is this easier way to do things that we can help people with. And that's going to answer the question of how much money do you need to have saved for retirement? Because we know how much money you're going to need to use each year in retirement.
2: Then we move on to the next step and figure out how long that money's going to last and how we got to make that work.
1: Right. Yep. Okay. There's another financial issue about retiring together that could happen for people, and that is that it might impact your Social Security in a fairly negative way. Now, it completely depends on what your work history has been, but there is... If, if you have a younger spouse that stops working and then they want to start collecting their social security and you have an older spouse that stops working but they're already at their full retirement age, that younger spouse is going to have a reduction to their social security.
2: They're not going to – not only a reduction, they're going to have a reduction, plus they're also going to have less years for that to that impact to grow. Right. Because to maximize social security – you want it's based on the 35 highest earning years and if you have fewer of those years of income that collaborated amount is going to be less overall
1: absolutely
0: congratulations to mary Stirk and the team at Stirk financial for earning a spot on two forbes lists forbes best in state wealth advisors and forbes top women in wealth for five years running
1: Welcome back to Money about. Guide with Mary Stirk and today's topic again is should you retire at the same time as your spouse? And maybe the answer is depends on if you wanna stay married. Going <laughs> to have a happy
2: retirement. There
1: you go. <laughs> So what do they say? If mama ain't happy, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody, N- nobody happy. happy. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you better get her on board <laughs> with this decision. <laughs> All right. So from a financial perspective, one of the things you definitely have to be paying attention to if you're thinking about retiring at the same time is what is going to be the health insurance situation?
2: Right. Usually that's the number one factor why people maybe don't retire early. Mm -hmm. But if you're looking at retiring together, that's a huge factor, too. Yes. Because you're going to have to start paying for that insurance on your own.
1: Now, Medicare starts for people when they're 65. So if you have one spouse who's already Medicare age, then that's an easier transition. If you happen to be in a similar age group, then you might both be hitting Medicare at the same time. So that's kind of an easy step into it. Um, But it's when you have an age gap between the two spouses and where one and or both of them needs to have private health insurance until they get to Medicare age that you can start to have some big issues. So for many people, if they stop working, their companies are going to be eligible for something called state continuation or COBRA and it depends on the size of your company, which Mm -hmm. one you're eligible for, but that means that your company's health insurance can last either nine months if it's state continuation or 18 months if it's COBRA. So you could technically retire at 63 and a half, and then COBRA out until 65 when Medicare starts. Right.
2: It's still going to be an increased expense, but it's Mm -hmm. not going to be 100% of the cost that you'd have to insure on your own.
1: Right. So a lot of times the COBRA benefits are a little bit less expensive and then better health benefits than going out and finding private coverage on your own. Right. Where you really get into some issues is that if you have someone who's got a, a big age gap between spouses let's say the retiring the older spouse is 65 and going on medicare and the younger spouse is 55 and that happens in many many relationships Mm -hmm. then that younger spouse if they're not still working they have 10 years that they're going to have to try to figure out a private health care solution and there's two things you have to be aware of that number one is can you get good health insurance so you have to investigate that and number two is you have to budget in the cost of that That's a monster cost for health insurance each year.
2: And the way health insurance has been changing so much, it's really hard to forecast what it's going to be.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. Now, there are some strategies to try to keep your total taxable income under what's called a affordable care subsidy limit. But you do have to keep your taxable income fairly low for that to work. There are a few strategies that we've worked with clients to artificially create that environment <laughs> in some unique ways. So to be able to keep that health insurance subsidy available, thus saving thousands of dollars a year, right. 10 to $12,000 a year of cost for health insurance. So if that's something that you think you might want to investigate, then definitely reach out and give us a call and we can walk you through the mechanics of how that strategy could work. But the health insurance issue is is definitely important. and. You know, it used to be that people could get post-retirement health benefits from their companies. Right. And that's really not the case anymore.
2: Right. You're actually finding that only 19% of big companies provide retiree health coverage. That's down from 32% from 2008.
1: So in the last 10 years, 13% drop in... The companies that actually provide post-retirement health care. Right. So, That's a lot.
2: Yeah. You, we used to see it where people would come in and say, well, I have a, I have a health insurance package that I'm going to be able to continue. So that mm-hmm. was an awesome package, an awesome deal. And we're seeing that less and less.
1: Yep. So those are some of the big financial things that you have to consider when it comes to retiring at the same time as your spouse. Now, Again though, it's not just about the finances of it and it's not just about the emotional side of it. It's about the lifestyle of it. Right. And I think that one of the biggest pros of retiring together is that you have an increased amount of freedom sooner. To be able to go do things together.
2: Right. You've kind of been putting things off a lot of times. Usually the, the very first time when you get retired, you have a whole honey-do list and you have things that you want to travel and do together. And it's a great opportunity to get those things done. Mm-hmm. But you end up start kind of missing that, you know, that um, sense of acknowledgement of, you know, what you did, who you were, your, your yes. identity by losing that from your employment.
1: You certainly can. But the freedom could be a good trade-off. So it might be freedom to travel. And one of the things we see happen the most is when grandchildren start entering the picture, people want that freedom because they want to go spend time with the grandkids.
2: Right. And usually they're not always right in town in the same place. So mm-hmm. it is literally traveling to go see them. So
1: Yep. I think when you become a grandparent, you become less willing to trade your time for money. You become more <laughs> willing to trade your time for holding your grandkids. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Priority shift. Yeah. So I think that that gaining the freedom sooner is a big pro, and if you are not really ready to retire all of the way, but you want to have some of that enhanced freedom, you could think about bridging into retirement by working part-time. And we are seeing that there's a pretty big trend of people retiring and then working part-time doing something.
2: Right. Nearly 6 in 10 workers are doing part-time work once they pass retirement.
1: I think that's amazing. That's sixty percent. That's a big number. Yeah, yeah, so so the majority now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the majority. Yeah, it's 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 the norm to be doing some type of work post retirement.
2: Most people are li- like the job or like the career that they had. Mm-hmm. So enable the freedom part enables them to do continue that job but do it on their own time. Yes. So that's what's really
1: nice. Yep. And we've done a show in the past about how to turn hobbies into money. But there's this bridge that also can happen if it's not about hobbies creating income in retirement. There's a bridge that can happen with a lot of jobs that will allow you to step down towards retirement. So sometimes it's going from working full time to working half time and then to retirement. Sometimes it's more multiple steps. We, we worked with a client recently who went from full time to time, which allowed them to keep their health benefits, Mm -hmm. but still gain a little bit of the freedom without retiring fully. Right. So, you know, you have to obviously look at your job and see if going to something like 80% time actually means 80% of the work. Or maybe you're still doing the full workload and just getting paid less. I don't Correct. know you got to be careful there
2: but it also might help bridge the gap too when you you know you have that retiring together and being together all the time it might kind of ease you into that if you're still doing maybe some part-time work.
1: Yes so
2: just gradually getting together
1: Now we laughed today about the fact that, you do have to make adjustments in your relationship and sometimes that's easier said (laughs) than done. But the truth is that one of the pros of retiring together is that you certainly could have an improvement in your relationship dynamics because you are actually finally getting to spend more time with someone that you love. So I think that is something that you want to think about too, the quality time and the time actually spent doing something that's not just the honey list, might actually be a real boost to your relationship and, and create an environment of wonderful time spent in retirement in this next chapter.
2: It's like the dating scene all over again. You get yeah. to know each other all over again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so when you also think about pros and cons, then I think that one of the pros of retiring early is, or retiring together, is that your tax bracket might change pretty dramatically. So you could have an improvement in your taxes. If you're not both working, if your income that you need to live on is less, you might bump down a tax bracket.
2: Right. So that's a huge bonus, bonus for you, especially when you're saving that money for retirement years too.
1: Right. And if, if you don't retire at the same time, there's likely still to be an improvement because you're going to bump from both of you bringing money in and being taxed at that bracket to only one of you coming in with income and being at a smaller bracket. So you can kind of think through that, too, to see where's your best tax bang for your buck. Now, the con of that, of the tax changes, though, is it might limit your retirement strategies. Exactly. So if you have one spouse who is no longer working and you have one spouse who is working then the, the non-working spouse is not going to be able to contribute as much to retirement accounts. and Maybe they don't need to, right? but it is going to limit the total amount that, as a family, you can actually continue to save for retirement when you have that one working spouse still.
2: Right, because when you're putting money away, it's usually deferred, and so it's deferred on the tax side. So that's the tax savings that you're losing by one person not working anymore, contributing.
1: Right. Now... There is a way to bring in a strategy called Roth conversions, Um, and Roth conversions means taking money from your IRA or from your 401k that's rolled into an IRA and converting it to a Roth IRA. And a Roth IRA's advantage is is that the money grows tax-free deferred and then as long as you've held that Roth IRA for at least 5 years and you're over the age of 59 and a half it can come out tax free. Right. So if you've retired together and you have no earned income there's some really nice advantages to doing Roth conversions based on the fact that your tax bracket is so much lower.
2: Right, so you could utilize that $24,000 deduction and do a Roth conversion for that amount and pay no income taxes on that.
1: It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. (laughs) (laughs) But you have to connect with your CPA. You have to talk to your financial advisor to see if you qualify and what the ramifications are going to be for you. But nevertheless, it is a potential strategy for spouses who are retiring at the same time. All right, we hope we've given you some good food for thought about should you retire at the same time as your spouse. And whatever decision we make, we hope you have a fantastic retirement journey. Thanks for listening to Money Guide with Mary Sterk.
0: The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can ensure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC. Insurance offered through STERC Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated. Neither Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated nor its representatives provide tax or legal advice. You should consult a qualified attorney or tax professional to answer your specific questions. Stirk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dune, South Dakota, 57049, and can be reached at 605-217-3555. Forbes Best in State Wealth Advisors list includes 10 recipients per state. The award is based on qualitative and quantitative data, rating thousands of wealth advisors with a minimum of seven years of experience and weighing factors like revenue trends, assets under management, compliance records, industry experience, and best practices. The award is not based on portfolio performance or client reviews. There is no fee in exchange for rankings. Third-party rankings and recognitions are no guarantee of future investment success and do not ensure that a client or prospective client will experience a higher level of performance or results. These ratings should not be construed as an endorsement of the advisor by any client, nor are they representative of any one client's evaluation.